One of America's greatest strengths is our free market. And this fair share is a bullshit concept. It's just a way of attacking wealthy people. Damn right. Never been broken, that number. That's a sacred number, 30,000. Yep, we're on, I'm going to say it, the highway to the danger zone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the American Game. John, how are you tonight? Pretty good, how are you? I'm doing all right. The meeting lasts a little bit longer than I thought it would, but we're here now. Happens. Um, yeah, so um, tonight's very much um, kind of a free play episode for us. You know, we're going to do our usual um, um, capitalist crunch, and then we'll go into the meat of the episode and add a little bit for a money minute at the end. But our meet today is going to be a little bit different. We're going to be breaking down just some like random lists, like uh, the top upcoming jobs, uh, most expensive places to live, least expensive places to live, stuff like that. Uh, but for today's Capitalist Crunch, an app that I have on my phone was a valued at, let me check, in their IPO today, $85 billion. Yeah. Do you have like, any idea what that app is, John? Coinbase? Yeah, very good app. Oh, no, I thought it was like the Wawa app, but no, yeah, you're right. It was Coinbase. <laughs> yeah, Wawa is valued at 80. Oh, God. It probably uh, is worth 85 billion. Wawa's like. If it went public, it probably could get there pretty quick. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. But um, yeah, a couple of interesting things about that. One, it's actually uh, one of the more expensive places to buy your crypto. I just learned that today. So I, I was comparing it to a couple other ones that I had played around with. And turns out there's another one called Gemini who has a lower fee for buying and selling. Yeah, I noticed the fees were pretty high for Coinbase when I first started buying because I'm like, are you serious? I'm going to charge. Yeah. Like, like, we should not live in a world with fees anymore. Like, unless they're like traffic violations. Like, yeah, maybe. Well, Okay, but that also, you know, that, that doesn't compare Gemini to Coinbase Pro. Coinbase Pro, you get a little bit of a, um, th- there's a little bit of a different fee structure and it's a lot cheaper. Um, so just the way they fee, and, you know, things like that. So if you're, if you're in the buying a lot, then, you know, go there. Um, but it's definitely one of the most user-friendly platforms I've seen. Yeah, coin, like I think Coinbase, Coinbase Pro is pretty confusing to me. But Coinbase itself is like really, really easy to understand. They also give you the free crypto, the $36 of Yeah, it might be more now. It I, could be. I know they give you like 10 bucks of Bitcoin for signing people up. So something cool. Yeah, definitely worth it. Um, but I think that kind of like crypto is here and it's here to stay. An $85 billion valuation for the currently the largest um crypto exchange app yeah did you see their uh their revenues though no so fourth quarter 2020 they bought in they brought in two billion i don't, I don't know what their costs were I, I don't know any of that but i do know they brought in two billion which was roughly like four to five times as much as they've done for every other quarter before that so wow. part of their valuation you know something to consider is one you know is Two billion dollars a quarter is that realistic? Um, if it is, you know, 
you know, $80 billion valuation maybe isn't insane, um, especially if you tack on, you know, a, you know, 10, 15% growth rate on that. Yeah. What would you say, like, the normal, like, rate of growth is right now, like, perfect, like, 10%, like, that's what you would expect to make, or what would you expect to make in the market right now? Uh, the market, well, last year it was, like, 33% growth for the S&P 500. All right, that's a little absurd. But well, the year before that, I think it was like 28%. Okay, so like, so, but if you look at like the last 10 year, I, I believe the average is like 13 and a half percent. It's been, it's been long, but if you look at it from like, you know, since conception of the SP 500, it's like six and a half percent. Um, so you know, it, and and what's actually really, I just, I just heard the statistic today. Um, but there's like 568 billion dollars that were put into the stock market within the past six months, which was more than the past 10 years. You know, these are the major ETFs, the major, the major fund, you know, index fund flows. Um, so that's how much was put into those major indexes uh, and, and mutual funds and things like that uh, in the past six months. So, yeah. I mean, the only reason I asked you like, what's the rate of the growth? Cause I was trying to like compare, you know, Coinbase's profits to something. Um, and, like just doing a perpetuity, like doing $8 billion, you'd think in annual revenue, if you get 2 billion um, this month and you divide that by six and a half percent, you get like 123 billion. Um, obviously, like I think the market's growing a lot faster paced now than it was prior to now, but kind of shows you that, like you said, it might not be absurd if you're pulling in 2 billion a quarter. Um, and I honestly think that they could pull in more. You think so? Yeah, I, th I think there's no reason why the uh, it can't go up from here. Um, just based on like how more involved people are be go going to get into cryptocurrency. Um, so it's just like, I think like there's people like me who just got in it like last quarter versus people before then like um who have been really heavily involved with it i think you're going to see a lot more casual concern consumer in the crypto market soon the way it is in the stock market right now and we're back sorry <laughs> had to grab a charger real quick uh but during the quick break uh we found the income statement for coinbase and i misspoke it's actually 1.27 billion dollars this last quarter um or I'm sorry, uh, for for 2020. Um, so for I, 2020, not the quarter. Yeah, what the hell did I look? You at? misspoke a lot. Yeah, that's a is lot. What I'm hearing from that. Two billion. I wonder where I got that. What um, the hell? Yeah, I still expect nothing but growth in terms of revenues there for them, as long as they can continue to maintain the best platform out there, which is typically a very hard thing to do. It's typically very hard to maintain the best platform. Because yeah. you're going to have, when you have a company being valued at $85 billion for selling crypto and they charge pretty comparably high fees, you think other places would start to figure out how to not charge as high fees and yeah, get well, the incentive, the incentive of an $85 billion valuation is there. Well, here's a funny thing. The selling and, and general admin stuff like that. So the, the, that part of their gross profit, um, is 337 million 
That's Ooh. it. Wow. They have they have listed for other revenues, other revenues as 260 million. Yeah, that seems like a lot to you know class, 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 other. other. Like I would like to know what other is. Yeah, right. If I were so, but I mean, this is kind of interesting. So their net income is only 322 million. That's yeah. it. So they got pretty high operating expense. Um, I thought it would be a lot lower. It's kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, so that's Coinbase. It'll be interesting to see where that goes. I think it dropped. Cam actually bought a couple of shares. Um, oh really? Yeah, for, yeah. And, Full uh, bitcoins? Huh? Full bitcoins? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I misspoke. But... Well, he, he bought a, a couple shares of the IPO, so um, he got he got in and lost a little bit. I think it ended down. Yeah, I I mean that's the way IPOs typically work. Like I'll stay away from it just because they typically underperform in the long run. Really? I, I heard in the past, the first like three months it overperforms. Maybe in the first three months, but in the first few years, they typically underperform. Yeah. Well, there's some pretty notable exceptions to that. Uh, you know, Beyond Meat's one of them. That thing just <laughs> to yeah. the moon. Dogecoin does. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, when you have a good product, they'll typically they can stick around, they will. Yeah. Um, and that honestly might be the case with Coinbase, but I just think there's too much. Uh, potential for competition there because like think about how many different platforms you have that you can like open an ira on so it's like you think about it from that perspective like i think crypto will eventually become the same way yeah they, they have a little bit of like name recognition and, and credibility that a lot of the other platforms don't have like to be honest right here gemini like it's not you know it doesn't have the same at least to me, it doesn't have the same kind of like brand recognition and kind of, even if it's false, like sense of security that Coinbase does, um, if that makes sense. Probably yeah. just a little weird, but you know, that's kind of where, uh, how I think of it. Oh yeah, I see where you're coming from, but I think eventually the companies will build up to having that recognition. Yeah, I agree. Um, like there's no trouble, people know Betterment and they know well, maybe they do. Um, <laughs> well, I'll have to listen to this, hopefully. Yeah, people know people know Betterment, but they also know TD Ameritrade or Vanguard. Like, yeah. they, I think it's going to get big enough that you will see Coinbase become, like, a really, really big thing. Um, and not Coinbase itself, just crypto trading platforms. Yeah, I agree. Another topic we have for today is the consumer price index urban, as it's technically called. So there's multiple CPIs or consumer price indexes. Mm -hmm. The one that people pay most attention to, though, is urban, because that's the one that relates to most of our lives in terms of the basket of household goods. We've talked about this previously, but like the basket of household goods is basically just like you track the prices of everything that you could imagine a typical household would buy. Um, and however much like more you're spending mm -hmm. per item, like average, like weighted averaged out is the inflation, like however much it's increasing by percentage wise. Um, the reason the urban one is more useful is just because like 90, wait, it's not 90, but it's like, I'd say like most people's, in terms of what they buy is relative to the urban things. Because even if you're buying things online, like 
that I think would relate more to like an urban um, basket of goods. Um, or it's like if you live in the suburbs, your prices are still more reflecting the urban prices. Um, but that's a little more complicated than we need to talk about. Yeah. Um, so it was a surprise, right? It was a it was slightly above what they thought. I think it was they're looking for two point five. They got two point six. It's like a tenth of a percent, though. Yeah, the Fed's trying to lock on two percent. Um, I think they said they'd accept three percent. Seems high to me. Yeah, I think their goal is one to three. Like that's typically yeah. like the range they like to be in. So at the higher end of that range. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking at kind of like some numbers now. Uh, kind of interesting. Last year's average was 1.2. Uh, 2019 was 1.8. Uh, 2018, 2.4. 2017, 2.1. 1.3. 2016, 0.1 in, in 2015. <laughs> um, I wonder what happened there. Yeah. Actually, the last time we saw deflation was in 2009. It went down 0.4%. Yeah, that's not surprising, um, given 2009. Yeah. but Because I imagine a lot of that's weighed on home prices, and home prices probably. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure what's in this basket of goods that I'm looking at now. This is according to U.S. Inflation Calculator. So that seems like – that seems ridiculous. Like, you can look at gasoline inflation. It is up – 22.5% this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like to say I'm not super stressed about the gasoline. Um, what? Pricing. Well, I don't really drive that much anymore. But it's like, of course, it's like yeah, relative. I mean, oil prices are, I think, becoming less and less indicative of, you know, the general U.S. economy. Oil? Even if slowly. But you, like... You think so? Yeah, I think just like generally, like we're gonna move away from oil and we already have been. So it's just gonna like while it's still obviously a heavy factor right now, I don't think it's gonna like in the long run be like basically synonymous with how we're doing as a country. That's interesting. Yeah, well, I mean that's that that's after going down fifteen point two percent last year, gas prices. Yeah. So it's you know, deflationary there. Uh, and that that's due to a lot of, you know, policy and international things and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know. I don't like paying for gas. So <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm I'd like some deflation there. Yeah. But, I feel uh, like that's the one thing that people can always point to Democrats for and be like, they raise gas prices because they do. Um, yeah. Piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if you notice, it's that's just kind of how it works. But I do think there's more important things to the U.S. economy than the gas price. No, I can't think of anything else. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, well, moving on. Healthcare inflation up 1.8%. Same as last year. That's, yeah, that's like speaking from my own personal experience. That's not that high. There could be a lot. Yeah. That number doesn't really exactly probably match the number i'm thinking of in my head which is higher than that um but i mean there's a lot like that goes into like people like to say like by 2050 or whatever like healthcare is going to take up 
whatever percent of the GDP GDP. And it's like, ideally like that we don't want it to be like that we don't want healthcare to be taking up 50 percent of gdp right yeah well by, how do you know that what like I, that seems like so crazy by to... 2050 i i mean i just made up that st- i know i heard like a very similar stat somewhere but it's like um yeah healthcare inflation is a big issue in terms of spending um and limiting spending that's not actually what i did like my entire internship on this past summer with really? um, yeah i was working on this team where the whole goal is to like limit medical cost spending um whether it be decreases in like unit cost or utilization across the different areas of healthcare. but in general cpiu 2.6 percent a little more high than i'm comfortable with but i'm still comfortable with it like at the same time <laughs> yeah it's not 50 um we're not horrible yeah 22 it's not matching the gasoline increase no thank god but, um my God, we're losing my mind. <laughs> I think in general, like, you know, we should be more conservative with our spending. Um, and I think that's like very much a part of the reason that like, if we can afford more, prices are just going to go up. That's yeah, how the economy works. Like well, you, they push demand, right? Yeah, the, the more Fed money didn't... that's out there, you push demand up. Um, and it does truly stimulate the economy, but like there's a cost to it there's a cost to it and as things are going my my 99 cent mountain dew is now going to cost a dollar 29 um i actually saw that really it was the arizona iced tea but it was like oh like the 99 cents it's like dollar 27 it's a dollar 29 um it's like the days of the 99 cent arizona iced tea are over um and you see for you that's not a big deal um and you know, for, for a lot of people, but for low income families, that hurts. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, a lot of people don't think of is, um, you know, we, we did this thing, we played this whole new economics game where we, we did huge stimulus checks and we tried to push demand. You know, I'm not so convinced that that worked in the favor of, of the people that they were trying to help the most. You know, we, we, we gave people checks that were completely unaffected by COVID. You know, yeah. we, we cut you a, a, a first an eighteen hundred dollar check, then you know a you know fourteen hundred dollar check, or and then a six hundred one I think in between there. But you know, you got those checks as long as you didn't you weren't over the income threshold, and maybe you weren't completely unaffected by COVID, right? Maybe you had there was no effects um, on you from COVID. Right. You had your job, you worked from home, you did perfectly fine, did exactly what you would have done. Otherwise, maybe a little less Phillies games, but, you know, <laughs> but and then, you know, we cut them a check and, uh, you know, you tried to push demands, kickstart the economy that way. And in doing so, you increase um, you increase the velocity of money. And just a little economics on that, you know, you're increasing economic increase, increasing the velocity of money means you're increasing the, how quickly money exchanges for goods or services. And yeah. the quicker it goes, the more inflation it, it tends to incur. So you see in the slight uptick of people that just have, you know, discretionary spending that are just buying, buying, you know, whatever. Um, well, the people that lost their job and that are behind on their rent and you know, that needed the checks, their checks went to necessities. And now their necessities are a little bit more because everybody's buying those necessities easier, right? So that's something to think about. I'm, I'm not 100% convinced that that was beneficial. Yeah, I think we'll see in the long run. I think it's working right now. Um, 
it put money in people's pockets um, that in some cases really needed it, in some cases not, um, but still, you know, stimulating that economy. That's the whole point. Um, right. But in the long run, we'll see how it works out. I know Jerome Powell does not seem too concerned about inflation. Um, he doesn't know what that word then, means. Then again, <laughs> yeah. Then again, I think he's uh, somewhat of an actor on that point. He um, just likes to spend money. Come on. <laughs> he doesn't spend any money. I, I guess they buy U.S. Treasury securities um, or whatever. However, they throw more money in. Come on, man. He, he built quite a balance sheet um, over there. <laughs> well, I, they held off on lowering interest rates for so long. They did, um, yeah. Which is kind of, it was really saving it for a rainy day. And well, they didn't have much to give. That's the other thing yeah. to consider. They, I think it was 1.25% when they dropped it. Uh, and then they did a rate cut, I think, by... 0.25 initially and then they kind of panicked dropped a 0.5 and everybody goes whoa <laughs> yeah the market kind of scared and it's you know. pretty much near zero um and like they had they saved that percent even though trump was asking them to give that which i give him huge credit long not falling in uh, jerome powell that is yes i give jerome okay. powell major credit of not you know falling into the president you know trying to you know manipulate because i mean that's a big thing every president does it every president goes oh i want lower interest rates because it stimulates the economy a little yeah. bit you see a jump in the economy and they go oh my god wow the president did a great job well no actually it was just low interest rates yeah but so i give him huge credit for not doing that um you know especially because trump was so vocal about it went straight to the press that you know you kind of made jerome powell public enemy by not doing it but good for him yeah um, I, I wonder the day this is completely irrelevant but like i wonder the day when we'll stop correlating a president's success so heavily with the economic success, just not because that's not important, just because there's like so much more um, that goes into affecting the economy. And there's so much more that goes into affecting the presidency, like in terms of situationally what's going on in the world around them. Yeah, that's gonna be hard. Like, you gotta find a new metric then. Yeah, I, well, I mean, there's like, it, it should be a metric, obviously, and pretty heavily weighted one, but it's like, there's so like, there's like foreign affairs and other things that are also important um, that we should also measure people upon other than just like how much the Dow is up. What? You mean the president does more than just pump up the stocks? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's, that's that for CPIU. Um, Watch. Oh, wait, there's a really funny story I want to say, or not funny story, but like, I don't know if people know this already, but like Brazil, they, um, they would put all their, like, when they were experiencing severe inflation, they had their actual currency, but they created like a faux currency, basically, that, um, like, translated and like each day the government would say like, okay, this much of like our actual currency is equal to this much of the faux currency and that's how they controlled inflation and like that's like how you would sell things at the market because it's like when you have inflation like that like it's absurd like you go to like to buy a coke one day and it costs one dollar and then it costs ten dollars the next day like, yeah that's the kind of like extreme thing that can happen that i don't think is going to ever happen here in the united states but hey never say um, never never say never <laughs> But hope not. Like what they did was they created this faux currency to the point where just like people just kept relying on it and then understanding what it really means. And then they put that faux currency and made it the real currency. And that's how they like 
Yeah. Well, the That's cool the thing what we could do now is like the this you know Federal Reserve could come out with a cryptocurrency and quite literally do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, you because know, most of the transactions are online transactions. Um, so there's no reason they couldn't do that. It'd be kind of interesting. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, anyway, you so want to get into a hundred highest paying jobs? A hundred? We're not gonna read a hundred. Okay, go ahead. Maybe ten. But um up first, we have cardiologists making, on average, $351,000 a year. Oh my gosh. Interesting. By the way, these are averages, not medians. So, yeah. you know, high-end earners are going to kind of skew these scales. But next, we have anesthesiologists, uh, $326,000 a year. Orthodontist, $264 a year. Or, I'm sorry, $264,000 a year. Um, psychiatrist, $224,000 a year. Interesting. Surgeon, $216,000 a year. Um, let me see, loading. See, um, so yeah, I pulled up a different list. I pulled up the US News World Report list which is just best jobs, so it's not necessarily, like, uh, highest paying. Okay. Well, what do you got as the best job? But the best job is physician assistants who work under doctors. Um, and its median salary is $112,000. Um, median okay. master's education for it, and 39000 projected jobs. Um, so always good. But I'm, like, scrolling down. A lot to do with health, a lot to do with um, computer science and math, speech language pathologists. That's interesting. Um, that is interesting. Probably just because of the growth that they expect. Um, the median salary right now is seventy nine thousand. Um, data scientists in there, dentist, vet, orthodontist, IT manager, um, more healthcare stuff, um, financial manager, substance abuse and behavioral disorder counselor. Wow. A, very large uh, projected jobs expected at 79,000. Interesting. Yeah, I, I got up till 13 on this list is all healthcare. The pediatrician, general practitioner, $170,000. Um, and then it goes to enterprise architect manager at $168,000 a year. Then we do quantitative analyst. $153,000 a year, vice president, $151,000, director of IT, um, $149,000. So, and then it goes on from there. And a lot of it is enterprise work and, um, you know, software architectures and things like that. Um, so that's a taste of the 100 highest paying jobs. If you want to listen to me read all of them, um, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, um, um, I think like something to note from that, too, is like, I think people are so quick to say, um, like, healthcare workers should get paid more and like, oh, especially the crisis we're in right now, like, they're already paid a lot, maybe not your general nurse practitioner. Um, $170,000 a year is a lot of money to make. Is that what the nurse, nurse practitioner was? Yeah, it was yeah, 13th no, on the I, list. I believe it, too. Um, Maybe not like your everyday nurse. Um, sometimes 
But I think healthcare people are paid a lot. And for some reason, that's just like skies over the heads of a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, paying nurses more. Also, what people don't realize is paying them more means you're paying more. Yes, that's <laughs> what that is. Made, like, so I keep like that in mind. Especially working um, where I did this summer. Um, you ever seen that scene in The Office where like they're all like pointing guns at each other at the same time? Um, yeah. like there's three of them in the room i like to say like that's like the consumer the insurance company and the provider or like there's there those three different people and they're all blaming each other for why healthcare prices are so oh, high. yeah um one of the reasons is because we pay them like if you're gonna pay them for those services um it's like it at the end of the day somewhat is like any other good or service where it's like if there's the demand for it you're gonna have to pay for it yeah I mean, well i mean i'll tell you even even when like from an insurance standpoint, every time I sell a policy, I make 10% on the renewal. So 10% of what you're actually buying is paying me to do my job. So I'm going to, I do property and casual. I'm going to assume it's probably similar for healthcare. And I know for benefits plans and life insurance policies, you know, two pieces of healthcare that um, maybe, you know, you don't think of, um, I've, I can tell you the commission's a lot higher than 10%. For a life policy, I'm talking 40%. Uh, on the first five years and then thereafter it, it kind of trickles down um, and then you know for benefits plans we're talking like 15 to 25 percent depending on your carrier so yeah healthcare is expensive yeah but it's only up 1.8 percent this year one of the things yeah one of the things my uh, one of my bosses told me was like people typically mistake uh health insurance being expensive no health care is expensive <laughs> health is expensive health is actually it's expensive to be unhealthy it is let it's me give it to you that way it's very expensive for your insurance company to be healthy i encourage everyone to be healthy because <laughs> it's less expensive for you and it's less expensive for your insurer as well and you feel better who doesn't want to feel better i'm kind of interested this is also one of the um no i don't want that one um Best jobs 2021 without a college degree. Um, yeah, read some of them. This is from onlineschoolcenters.com. But we have computer programmer, writer, home health aide, editor, radiologic technician, personal assistant, plumber, virtual assistant, dental assistant, lots of assistants, translator. Um, maybe you don't need it. Maybe you don't need a degree to be a translator. But yeah. you, need, you need to know another language. You need to know another language. So it's like um, insurance sales, database administrator. There's a lot of different stuff here um, that I think worth taking a look because there's um, a lot of different options. It's not like your options are just simply limited to you can make a good chunk of change without necessarily um, having a college degree. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, do you want to talk about places to live? Yeah. Um, let's talk about the 10 cheapest states to live in, um, according to MIT. Mississippi at number one, Arkansas, West Virginia, Tennessee, South Dakota, Alabama, Kentucky, Ohio, South Carolina, and Indiana. Hey, I think all of those states have something in common. Um, They're all south. Not all south, but all very rural. Oh, except for Ohio um yeah i guess uh, i'm south somewhat not rural um but yeah but yeah. something that also comes with that is you usually get paid less 
Yeah. But yeah. with virtual work these days, who knows? Well, I mean, could you see that? Like, could you see like jobs kind of evening out for what you're paid, no matter where you live, um, because there is the option to be virtual. Um, well, I know that what Facebook did is when they let people go virtual, a lot of people moved. Yeah, that's and they moved, and what Facebook did is they adjusted their pay based off of their living expense of where they were. It's kind of a, which kind of sucks. Yeah, I was gonna say that's kind of a dick move because it's like yeah, big time. You get like I would consider quitting after that to be honest. <laughs> like are like, you kidding you me? Move, like you moved to Alabama, one of the least expensive, or Mississippi was the most least expensive, right? Yeah. You moved to Mississippi, you're like, oh, I'm gonna save so much money, and then they're just like, no, you're not. Yeah, like, well, I'd be pissed. Yeah. Um. All right, most expensive states. Take it, well, you tell me. What do you think the number one most expensive state is? Um, either California, Hawaii, or New York. Do I have to pick one? Pick one, yeah. Was it one of those three? Yeah. Was it? You had two of the top three. Oh, wow. Was, um, was it California? California. Is number one. Yeah. California, um, closely followed by New York. Massachusetts, Maryland, Connecticut, New Jersey, Colorado, Virginia, Hawaii, Alaska. Man, Alaska. Wow. It's probably because you have to pay for, you know, a bajillion gallons of oil to yeah. your house. Yeah. I, I, I think it's all like so relative, though, because it's like, I mean, I, you'll notice from those states that like either the states are mostly urban or their population is concentrated mostly like in urban areas. Like there's a hell of a lot of New York that isn't urban, but well, most of the people still live. Right. Well, so this list is based off of um, the, the living wage to, I guess, live at a standard, certain standard of living in each state. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, the living wage, like the living wage in New York city is different from. Right. Well, because your pack of M and M's costs ten dollars. Yeah, and that's that. By the way, that's, that's not a joke. I, I was on a. I was on a. It's a little different, but right, I, I, I was, was on a statue. Say, like, of, a beer costs eight dollars in a ballpark. It doesn't. Like... Well, I, I was on a Statue of Liberty uh, like tour, and I was on one of the boats for that. Pack of M and M's was freaking ten bucks, and you know what's worse? I bought it. What? Yeah, well, you're an idiot. Yeah, I was like, well, I was like thirteen, and I had no idea what money meant, so. That's it's funny my, my dad literally handed me like 20 bucks he was like yeah, yeah get something to eat like just bring me back the change i come back with ten dollars he's like what'd you get i was like m&m's he's like okay and i was like no just that <laughs> yeah he's he was um, very mad <laughs> understandably so but it's like i think about pennsylvania like pennsylvania like a large portion of our population lives in philadelphia but not the majority of it um so that way it's like evens out with like where you have an extremely low cost of living in Western Pennsylvania versus like oh, yeah. a yeah. rather high, comparably one of the higher in Philadelphia. Yeah. So, yeah. and actually we're 19th on the list, believe it or not. Of the all, least expensive. We're 19th least expensive. Yeah. That surprises me a little bit. I think we, I would still think we'd be in the top half and are in most expensive. Why? It's actually more expensive to live in Wyoming. Really? Yes. That's interesting. That's, yeah. And Nebraska, North Carolina, Utah, Idaho, Georgia, Maine, Arizona, New, New Mexico. Yeah. That one surprised me. 
Uh, but yeah, cheapest states to live in. Do you want to talk about tax rates? States with the highest taxes? Yeah. Well, well you can tell me that. who's number one. I would guess California again. 13.3% on income. Yikes. Um, lowest tax rate? Lowest tax rate is, is zero. And that Texas. is. Well, yeah. Well, so it's going to be Wyoming, Washington, Texas, South Dakota, Nevada, Florida, and Alaska. I'd move to any of those states. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is definitely very profitable for those who intend on making yeah, no, so income. <laughs> New Jersey is actually third on the highest expense at 10.75%. So something to think about. Yeah. Jersey. Um, all right, 10 most expensive cities. What do you think number one is? Most expensive city? Yeah. Number one, Los Angeles. Nope. Uh, San Francisco. Nope. New York City? New York. Okay. Then we go San Francisco, number two. Honolulu, number three. Boston, so four. Washington, D.C., five. That doesn't surprise me. Oakland, California, six. Oh, San Jose, yeah. San Diego, Los Angeles, my, and Miami. Yeah. No Philly. Woohoo! Yeah, we made it. Relatively low cost of living for such a major city. Um, yeah. Any more lists or no? Um, well, I, so you, you kind of brought this one up, but here's 14 highest paying jobs with no college uh, degree. So this is the highest paying. Okay. Um, kind of interesting to go through. Um, but number one is a business owner. That's a BS. Like, that's what a cop out. Yeah, because <laughs> most business owners fail. Yeah. Like, that's what they don't count. counting the, like, fact that so many, like, I don't want to discourage people from starting their own business. But they it's have hard. A really passionate idea <laughs> and like whatever. But it's like you gotta recognize that most startups fail, like way more than succeed. Oh yeah, like yeah. Oh yeah, multiples. So if you're only gonna count the ones that succeed, obviously it's not that high. All right, then we got real estate broker. Then sales consultant. That's kind of that's iffy, really. To be a sales consultant, that's that's hard to get hired if you don't have a degree. I guess definitely possible. Possible, difficult. Air traffic controller. There's oh. got to be a real small market for that. Air market. There's definitely a super small market for that. But yeah. virtual assistant. Also pretty cool. Uh, definitely cool. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. Have you ever play? Uh, was it? Um, it's like airport tycoon. No. You're like bringing the planes in. Oh, I used to play it and I would crash them and get really pissed. And so you'd be a terrible air traffic control person. I tried really hard, so. okay? I tried really hard. Yeah, I'm sure they'll families will thank you after their planes crash. Yeah, when Cindy doesn't, Cindy doesn't come home from <laughs> vacation. Say, we understand your try. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, virtual assistant, plumber. See, that, that surprised me. I would think that plumber is actually higher up. Oh, well, okay. I was going to say, that doesn't surprise me at all. I'd fully expected to be on the list yeah well i'm surprised like electrician and stuff and carpenter isn't up higher well anyway firefighter police officer trying to scare you don't have to have a college degree to become a cop uh um, some type of degree i don't think they need a cop like i mean it might be politically weedy but like i don't think cops need a college degree i think they need more training cop education yeah like yeah, training like cop college 
exactly. <laughs> Why wouldn't you just go to cop college in my mind? I mean, like, I, I see the value in obtaining, a de- like, a college degree if you're a cop, but, like... Yeah. Um, yeah, so what the hell's Ted doing? Why is he getting... Why is he here? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sociology, not a Um, Keep going. All right, site manager. Uh, mm, interesting. IT manager. Okay, yeah. I, I don't think you're going to get in an IT manager job without a degree. Who wrote this list? This is what I want to know. Radiologist. I don't know what that is. Uh, they only need their associate's degree. Uh it's like MRIs and things like that. Interesting. Head chef. That's kind of cool. Freelance writer. That's that's BS. That's not a real thing. <laughs> Professional athlete. Oh, well, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I'm just turning to Michael Jordan. Digital nomad. What is that? That's the last one. That's not even a digital nomad. Yeah. Explain that means one. You're lost and you don't know what you're doing. Um, that's pretty accurate <laughs> and I have I'm working on a college degree alright well that's all I got yeah so with that do you have your money minute in order or no think you know what you want to talk about yeah something to consider um, when investing now especially a lot of people there's a lot of euphoria in the market a lot of people are buying you know stocks only go up crypto only goes up that's that's what people think. I'll tell you right now, take a step back, take a deep breath, and remember risk equals reward. More risky you behave, the more possible reward you could get. Right? The more you stick your neck out to start a new business, to invest in something that you know has this huge potential, turn your ten dollars into ten million, um, you know, the more likely you are to get absolutely burned. And if you don't believe me, spend five minutes on FanDuel and bet on a couple games. <laughs> I promise you, you're going to see the odds. You're going to go, oh, my God, I can turn $1 into $10 million, And you're going to lose that every single time. <laughs> uh, but in the off chance that you do hit that, call me. I told you to do that. So you owe me a part of that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, risk-reward, remember that. Um, yeah, I don't have much to say except um... – the Phillies are like probably in the process of dropping to six and six right now after starting out like five and one. So I'm a little upset. That's it. That's all I have to say. Oh, dollar dog night, May 3rd. Yeah, everyone go to dollar dog night. Yeah. If you want to be fiscally responsible, because that's what this yeah. podcast is really all about. Yeah, fiscal responsibility. And so you go buy your hot dogs at dollar dog. Guzzle night. down some glizzies. Guzzle down some glizzies. <laughs> Eat about three times the nitrates that you're supposed to during the annual for the year. Year, yeah. <laughs> but I always remember hearing that stat. I love it. Like you're only supposed to have four hot dogs a year in terms of the nitrates perspective. I'm like, yep, I know we are the human race. Um, that, that's my new. Uh, I'm not gonna eat a hot dog this year. I haven't eaten one yet. I'm not gonna do it. Fat chance until May third. Until May third, but then you'll still go. Like all you need is four. Yeah, well, to go over. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Thank we'll you. See you everyone. next week. Yeah. See you next week. Hopefully. <laughs> um, thank you everyone for listening. Peace.